Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus with Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. We're so glad to be with you today. We're living in a wonderful day if you're a Christian because we're seeing uh, so many things that will indicate that Jesus is coming very, very soon. And if you're a Christian, we anticipate His coming with joyous expectation. If you're not a Christian today, then all you can see is the world and all of its trouble and tumult. And the Bible said in the last days, as we lead right up and into the great tribulation period, uh, the Bible said that men's hearts would fail them for fear and for looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. These are not unfounded fears. These are legitimate fears because the things that are happening are very, very real. But if you are a Christian, we see the same conditions beginning uh, to manifest themselves that the Bible said would be happening just prior to the coming of Jesus Christ. And our hearts begin to beat a little faster as we look up uh, and look forward to the soon coming of our sovereign King and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So today we would like to invite you uh, into this Bible study. We need a special grace, we who are living in the last of the last days, we who are living in the end times. We need to be able to see what we're seeing and not be overcome and overwhelmed with discouragement, but to actually be motivated as we are alerted uh, to the soon coming of the Lord to be motivated like never before to, number one, draw near to the Lord, and number two, be about our Father's business and get the job done that He's assigned us uh, to bring as many people as we can into His kingdom for safekeeping in these very last days. Praise God. All right. If you have your Bibles today, we're going to be talking about the God who will not let you fall, trusting the God who will not not let you fall. And our text is in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 9 through 11. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 9 through 11. Listen to it carefully as we move into this part of our teaching today. This will help you. This will strengthen you. This will give you strong consolation to face what the Bible calls perilous times. And that is the time that we are living in. You know, when I was a young Christian and uh, I was uh, just beginning my, my faithfulness to church and to God, I heard often that perilous times would come. And it was always in the future tense. We didn't realize. You know, when I was growing up, Roy Rogers was the the, the cowboy hero and Gene Autry, and, and uh, we, we, we didn't have the anti-hero. We didn't have the ISIS situation. We didn't have, we, we had, I was born just after World War II. We were not in the middle of a world war. I was just a child during the Korean conflict, and, and uh, but I was a man with children, a concern Concerned about going to Vietnam during the Vietnam War, and uh, and then the threat of war that we have today all over the world. At any time, we could find ourselves in another worldwide conflict. And one thing is certain: I grew up in a time uh, that it was a more peaceable 
time to live. My son, who, my youngest son, who is 42, my oldest son is in his 50s, but my youngest son, who is 42 years old, said, Dad, I wish I could have grown up in your era. I wish I could have grown up in a more peaceable time when there was not such carnage and outrage and not such crime and not such murder and not such threat of war. Uh, safety is, seems to be taken away as innocence is taken away uh, in our culture to where young people do not feel safe and they do not feel certain of their future because of the conditions that we see uh, that are continuing to worsen year after year. I'm not trying to be gloom and doom. I'm a realist. And the Bible simply said very clearly, the evil men and seducers will act, will, will wax worse and worse uh, in these last days. So we see the degeneration of, of society worldwide and cultures worldwide. There are no thriving cultures that just know peace and prosperity in this entire world. Now here's what we need so desperately to live victoriously and to live uh, successfully uh, for the Lord and to do His work in the midst of these very trying negative times. We need a trust in a God who will not let us fall. We need to really focus on His commitment to us so that we can stay committed to Him. I want to say that again. I'm not going to initially talk about our commitment to Him. I'm talking about His commitment to us so that we can stay committed to Him. So this is an important teaching that we're entering into, trusting in the God who will not let you fall. In fact, there's a scripture in the New Testament says, Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Now unto him who is able. And when we see that word able, it doesn't just mean his power, his ability, his omnipotence. It means his willingness and his commitment. Praise God. Amen. Every time I, I start talking about his faithfulness, I feel the witness of the Holy Spirit within myself. And I remember all of the times that I would have fallen and I would have fell if it wasn't for his undergirding strength and grace. Hallelujah. Amen. So listen to this teaching today and let the Lord uphold you and uplift you today. And if you're not a Christian today, I'm convinced that you need to know this God. You need to know, number one, that your sins are forgiven, and you need to know where you're going to spend eternity. But number two, until you draw your last breath, if you should decide to make Jesus the Lord of your life, repent of your sins, receive Christ as your Savior, you need to know what He offers you, not just in the sweet by and by, the most important of all, but in the nasty here and now. So let's read together today. Be our guest today. Isaiah 41, verse 9 through 11. This is God's personal commitment to His covenant people. Listen to what He says to ancient Israel and what He says to spiritual Israel, the church of Jesus Christ today. Isaiah 41, 9 through 11 says, To whom... 
Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. I want to read one uh, paraphrase of this scripture. It says, I pulled you from all over the world, called you from every dark corner of the earth, telling you you are my servant, serving on my side. I picked you. I haven't dropped you. Don't panic. I am with you. There is no need to fear, for I am your God. I will give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady and keep a firm grip on you. Praise God. I love the way that God speaks in His Word because there is no mincing of words. There is no missing uh, what He intends to say. God speaks clearly and concisely. I just want to read verse 10 again. And this is the reason we have no reason to fear. Verse 10 says of Isaiah 41, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Praise God. That no wonder faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because if we just let the word of God speak... And we do not try to explain it away, apologize for it, or reinterpret it to fit our, our, our situation because we simply don't believe what the Word of God says anymore. And we don't put faith in Him like we should. Friend of mine, we need to let God's Word be the standard that we judge everything else by. Literally, according to the Scripture, we're to let God be true and let every man become the liar. I don't know about you, but I have been exposed to things in my Christian walk, not just as a pastor, but as a Christian, that take away, seeing where people are trying to pull away, take away, re-edit, reinterpret what God has clearly said. Faith doesn't come by vague uh, uh, explanations of, of what the Word of God may or may not mean. Faith comes by the clear, concise teaching of the Word of God itself. Hallelujah. I like what one man said. He said, he said, the Bible, the Bible, hallelujah, is a, is a, is a better interpreter of the Word than any person. We need to let God's Word speak and let it be final. And stay within the framework of the Scriptures. Because the Bible said heaven and earth would pass away. But God said, my word will not pass away. And he also said that he watches over his word to perform it. Hath he not said it? 
And will he not do it? These are absolute personal promises of God to his covenant people. So, from that scripture, I want to make this statement today. Our God is absolutely committed to his covenant people as long as we serve him alone. Nothing could harm them. No circumstance could overcome them. No problem or challenge could overwhelm them. Why? Because of God's faithfulness to God's faithfulness to not let them go. Now, I've been a committed Christian for a long, long time, almost 50 years of my life. The longer I live, the more my faith rests upon Jesus and His faithfulness to me. It's not my feeble grip on God, but His faithful grip on me that is so powerfully consoling. It is not a faith that has made me self-confident nor self-sufficient. In fact, over the years, I've grown even more dependent on His love, His grace, His mercy for me, and His commitment to me. In a very real sense, when faith matures, it is more simplistic, more childlike in its dependence and trust. So, true peace then, the unshakable kind, that comes not through faith in our faith, but faith in His faithfulness is the peace that we all need in our hearts and in our lives to counteract all of the pressure, discouragements, distractions of this last day troubled, perilous time. Look with me at Isaiah 26, verse 2 through 4. It says, Open ye gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Ah, friends, this Hebrew word for stayed is translated to lean, or to lay upon, to lean against, to support or brace oneself against. In this context, to lean on someone else in order to support yourself. Praise God. I am so glad that our strength is in the Lord. That's why the Scripture said in the New Testament concerning spiritual warfare and winning that battle against the enemy of our soul in spite of the weakness of our flesh. It says to be strong, Ephesians 6 and verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I'm so glad that it is not my might it is not my personal resolve that is strong enough to hold me when the contrary winds blow and the persecutions come and the enemy rises up as a roaring lion. My resolve is to keep trusting God in those times. So it is not my resolve in and of itself, but my resolve to trust the Lord no matter what. Praise God. One translation says, So trust in the Lord of verse 4. Commit yourself to Him. Lean on Him. Hope confidently in Him forever. 
For the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. Hallelujah. I like this, this, this song, the words of this song that John Stallings wrote way back in 1977. Some of you may remember learning to lean, learning to lean, learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. And here's the verse to, or his statement about that song. It says, sometimes we can be like the man who said, my life is full now. I have everything. But there is a strong rock in Jesus, my Lord. Through my trials, I've been learning to lean. There's a glorious victory each day now for me. I've found peace so serene. He helps me with each task if I'll only ask every day. I am learning to lean, to lean. John Stallings wrote, We often hear of the patience of Job. Quite often, the only two statements of Job that are remembered by most folks are either that which I feared has come upon me, or though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Having said that, the real story of Job is essentially a man who's reduced to dust and still remains with an unshakable faith in the living God. When a shaking begins in your life, if you're to survive the outrageous and the unbelievable, we must maintain our trust in God. A God who takes dust, the lowest thing, on, on, the, on the degenerative totem pole and makes a creation out of it like man himself. If your life has collapsed as Job's did, keep your trust in the Lord, who will not let you fall. If you're broke, sick, or have been deserted by a spouse, God is still for you. If you'll be for Him, don't give up. If you've ever picked up a modern colloquialism and used it, use this one. Hang in there. You are now in the school of intensity. People of all colors, race, size, and age make it through these times, and you will too. Become, become a paranoid in reverse. Become a prisoner of hope. Hallelujah. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Friends of mine, I need Jesus to uphold me when I go through trials that try to pull me back. John 10, verse 27, 28, and 29, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. To pluck here in the Greek means to seize and to carry off by force. Listen, if you do not decide to go back, no one can pull you back. I love that scripture, that positive affirmation of the Christian faith because of God's commitment to us. If we will keep our trust in Him that says we're not of them that turn back unto perdition, but we're of them that believe unto the saving of the soul. If we don't turn away from God, dear friends, no one can take us from Him. 
I read recently of a mother trying to hold on to a child during a tornado, but the wind tore the little one from her arms. All her love and strength was not enough to hold on. But Jesus said, My Father is greater. No force of man and the material world or devil in the spiritual world is greater than He. And I want to make this very clear today that it's not our grip on God, but His grip on us. Our safety is in His love and in His strength and His personal commitment to uphold us with the right hand of His righteousness today in, in the 21st century, as sure as He made the commitment to His covenant people, ancient Israel in the book of Isaiah. And if you truly want victory over the devil, if you truly want to overcome the world, if you truly want to defeat the flesh, and you look to God through Jesus Christ, all of heaven's resources will be at your disposal, and you will triumph. Gloriously, I like to say, and it's, it's not a cute little cliched saying. It is an absolute biblically supported truth. When I make this statement to my congregation, I say victory is my business, and they respond because they know it so well, and business is good. Hallelujah. Praise God. We, I'm, I quoted this before. Let me give you the scriptural reference to Jude chapter 1 and verse 24. It says, Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling, literally from going back into sin, from backsliding, from, from going backward instead of forward in your walk with God. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. Ah, this is the faithfulness of God. This is the presence and power of God in your life to keep what you've committed unto Him against that day that is surely coming. Listen carefully and to keep you through this perilous time. This word keep in the Greek means to guard, to protect, to keep from being snatched away. <laughs> Hallelujah. To preserve safe and unimpaired. I'm going to tell you something. There's not one Christian, even the weakest Christian today, in terms of our, our sense of who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. The weakest of us today. It's going to be presented as part of the glorious church that Jesus Christ is coming for because God's grip on us is so powerful and so wonderful. Praise God. If you trust Jesus to keep you and stand on His Word, you will experience exceeding joy in the great company of believers when Christ snatches us away and His glory is revealed. 
God said, I'm going to turn the devil, uh, the tables on the devil. It's not the devil that's going to snatch my sheep away. I'm going to snatch my own away when I send my son to bring them home. That's what rapture means, dear friends. It means to, to take away with great force, to literally snatch away. Jesus said, no one's going to snatch you away from God if you keep your trust in him. But he is going to snatch us away from the devil and from his kingdom. Praise God. And from this world, one of these days, real, real soon. Again, I need Jesus to uphold me when trials come and fear grips my mind. And once again, it is not my grip on God, but God's grip on me that guarantees victory if I just trust Him. I want to read from Matthew 14, verse 29 through 31. Listen to it carefully. It says, And He said, Come. I want to set this up so that you know the, the context. Jesus and the disciples were told to go across the Sea of Galilee and Jesus would meet them on the other side. And the Bible said as they were in the midst of the sea, a great storm came upon them, and they were very fearful. And Peter looked out through the, 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 the rain and through the dark clouds and through the windy sea, and he saw what looked like a man walking on the water, and he thought that he saw an appar apparition. But he said it looks more and more like it could be Jesus. And he wanted to make sure, and he said, Lord, if that is you, bid me come to you. And that's where we pick up the narrative in Matthew fourteen twenty-nine through 31. And Jesus said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? I like the Amplified. It said, Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he perceived and felt the strong wind, he was frightened. And when he began to sink, he cried out, Save me from death. Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, and held him, saying unto him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Friends, when the storms of life come, always remember who is holding you up. Lean on him. Cry out to him. Standing on the Word means trusting His faithfulness to perform it, not trusting your faith to hold you up. Did you hear what I said clearly? I do not believe God intended for Peter to just by faith walk on the water and not sink. He knew he would doubt. He knew he would sink. He knew that fear is something is going to grip every one of us somehow. And that's why he said, don't be afraid. Because I will uphold you, hallelujah, with the right hand of my righteousness. And it feels so wonderful today to be upheld by God's grace, 
God's goodness, God's love, and God's faithfulness today. Even when fear comes, we can have a faith that will dispel that fear because our faith is not in our ability to believe when we are shaken by some circumstance, but in His faithfulness to not turn us loose, not forsake us, not let us fall, not let us go. Praise God. I want you to take courage today. God loves you today. God won't let you fall today. Keep your faith in Him. Keep your trust in Him. God is a gracious and good God today. And He loves you, according to the Scripture, with an everlasting love. And with loving kindness, He has drawn you to Christ, just like He did ancient Israel, drawing them to Himself and to the personal commitment that He made to them to not let them go, not let them fall, not forsake them. Friend of mine, God is speaking to someone in this listening audience today. You've lived independent from Him instead of dependent on Him. And pride will tell you, don't bow. You're strong. You can make it without Him. Friend of mine, no one can make it without Him. And today, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, just bypass that foolish pride and bow before Him and say, Lord, I need You. I want You. I repent of my sins. Come into my life. Give me eternal life in the world to come and give me help right where I am, right here and right now. And if you're a Christian today, quit just trying to stand on the Word alone. Lean all your weight upon Jesus. Ah, we love you. Come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.